This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Why does God call us the apple of his eye? And the prophet Daniel proclaimed that the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That's great news for just getting to know our Heavenly Father's holy nature a little better. But doesn't truly knowing God and not merely knowing about God require a deeper understanding of who he really is? If unable to understand how much he loves us, how can we have any faith to believe for even his smallest blessings? How much and in what way can we expect him to express his love? So, in the opening three days of this amazing 10-part series, this is your Heavenly Father. We'll examine the very nature of that love, constant, unconditional, and always to be counted on. Here's Pastor Ray with an introduction to your Heavenly Father and the miracle of the depth of his amazing love. We are in the book of Daniel, chapter 11, and we have isolated one particular verse that I think has um, a lot of depth and a lot of meaning, and we can go in many, many different directions. I told you that I wanted to start this little series for the next few weeks on uh, the Heavenly Father, just getting to know a little bit more about the Heavenly Father. Some of this may seem basic and simple and maybe even repetitious, but I believe um, based upon what we read here in Daniel uh, chapter 11 and verse 32, it says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So the key to being strong, the key to carrying out great exploits or doing good things, great things, is to know God. And although many of us have had our experiences with the Lord and we've been born again and all that, um, and that's, that's awesome and that's the starting point, Um, I think it's important for us to keep ourselves and keep our minds fresh with who God is because things get cloudy sometimes. Even though I may believe something and know something, sometimes I'm not as fresh in in those thoughts. I'm not as, um, uh, you know, alive in those thoughts, I guess, is, is another way of saying it. So I believe that it's important for us to keep going over some of these basic truths like we need to know who our God is. We need to be reminded of who God is. We need to be reminded that we're not junk that, that God has put on this earth, that he's made us special. That, that, and this is the first thing I want to talk about today a little bit. We have to know him as the loving father. We must receive him as the loving father. Um, for many, many years when I first started out in my ministry and I, I gave this testimony, my, my life, my ministry was very much affected by the word of faith movement of the uh, 80s and uh, 70s and 80s and into the 90s. And Apostle Frederick Casey Price, you all know uh, Apostle Price, he's my father in the faith. And he's the guy that led me back to the Lord and taught the word to me and really grounded me and got me. Uh, by the way, I didn't share this, but uh, Angela, Chris, and I got invited to their house for lunch when we're out in California. How do you like that? I'm going to the Apostle's house. So this is awesome. But anyway, 
Um, and I, my life was affected by a lot of great faith teachers, Lester Sumrall, Kenneth E. Hagan, um, Roy Hicks, who was a dear friend of mine, all of these awesome men of God that have sown into my life all these years, and, and I've, some of them I've known personally and interacted with them, um, sowed in my life. So I, I'm like a faith teacher. I love to talk about and teach about faith, and you know that everything that I do in this church, somehow, someway, I always get it back to faith and connecting it to faith. Well, many, many years ago when I was first starting out and I was just a couple of years in, in the ministry and I was in the Assemblies of God Church working under another pastor and I was the assistant pastor, they made me the assistant pastor, I used to have the adult Bible class. That's a whole story in itself. I think they're putting me in the adult Bible class. I, I'm only a couple of years into this. But anyway, I was teaching the adult Bible class and all, a lot of my messages were faith, 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 faith. And, one dear, and I thought they were all great messages. And one dear lady came to me one day and she said, Pastor Ray, um, I just, you know, I love, I love what you're teaching and I love everything, you know, that, that you're saying. It's really good. She said, but can I just give you my thought or just an idea that you might want to ponder? And of course, being young and being kind of sassy and being a know-it-all, I was like, well, sure, what do you want to say to me, you know? Um, and I kind of put up my wall and she said, you know, all of this wonderful teaching on faith is great. She said, but... Until people really have come to know the love of God and the grace of God, it's going to be really hard for them to put their faith in God. So I thought from it. Now, now I got it. Can I be real honest with you? I was like, okay, thank you. That that was great. You know, and I, of course, I was going to. I was trying to think of a way to defend my faith teaching. And uh, but I walked away, and I have to be honest with you. It it really resonated within me. I didn't tell her that, and I never told anybody that until many, many years later about this incident, but it resonated within my spirit. And I said, you know, she's right. I'm not going to tell her, but I know she's right. So I, I went back to the, to the word and I began to, to think about it. And I began to study it and I began to look at it. And it makes common sense. If a person does not understand the love of God, doesn't understand how loved they are by God, how accepted they are by the Father. How can you put full faith in a God that you're uncertain loves you? That's right. So love really in this relationship with God is the starting point. Love is the place that we really begin. Here's a verse of scripture for you. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It start, the starting point is love. Once you understand that God loves you or have some idea of the love of the Father, it is a whole lot easier to put your faith and trust in a God that you know loves you. Because I'll, I'll venture a guess and say that a lot of us sitting here, even if we've been Christians for years, in a way we probably still struggle with whether God accepts me or not. Because have you, has anyone here this week been perfect all week? And if you raise your hand, I'm going I'm to bring you up here and, and pray for you. Because you need prayer. Has anybody here done everything absolutely perfectly the way that you ought to do this week? No. We all make mistakes. And when we make mistakes, what comes with mistakes, if we're not careful, will come the sense of guilt and shame and this fear that we've done something towards God that might bring some repercussions upon my life. Now, you see, the truth of the matter is that we're all going to make mistakes, but as long as we stay sensitive to, to the heart of God, to the love of God, to the conviction of the Holy Spirit within our hearts, then we're going to be okay. That's right. 
you see, you see, this is probably, can I just get down, go down this way for a minute? There's so many things I want to say. I got to, I got to just pace myself here. This is one of the problems I have with this modern day grace teaching that's going on because they're making statements like, you know, you never have to ask God for forgiveness anymore because all sin has been paid for once and for all by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross and by his bodily sacrifice. And listen, the fact that all sin has been paid for is correct. The fact that Jesus paid for sin once and for all is correct. But this is where I have a problem. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John that if we sin, we are to ask the Father for forgiveness and he will cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness and forgive us our sins, right? What's happening with this modern day grace teaching is that we, that teaching is desensitizing people from the voice of God, from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So now what happens is I sin and I say, well, I'm forgiven and just keep on going. No, when I sin, because some people say, well, you don't want to live in sin consciousness. Well, that's correct. But what you, what you want to do is you want to become so, so free from sin consciousness that now you've become self-righteous. You see, th- let, me, let me say it this way. I'm not going to live in sin consciousness, but when I sin, I need to remain conscious that I just sinned. Does that make sense to everybody? You see, so, so this modern-day grace teaching which is trying to teach the love of God and teach the grace of God. And and for that, I say that's good. But some of them have gone overboard with it and are actually desensitizing people uh, from the voice and the leading and the conviction of the Holy Spirit within them. So now what's happening is that, you know, we're accepting a lot of things that years ago we would not have accepted. But to know the love of God is really uh, life-changing and life-transforming. My life was changed when I came in contact with the love of God. I didn't know anything, didn't even know the word of God, didn't know anything. I grew up Catholic, I grew up in the Catholic church. And I have to say, see, this is where religion has ruined and where it really, really ruined me, is that I grew up with a fear of God, but I didn't understand the love of God. So every time I made a mistake, every time I felt like, you know, I disappointed God so much that... I wasn't worthy of him and that I couldn't go to him. And I really had hung my head in shame every time I made a mistake. You see, every time I sinned, I didn't know that God loved me so much that he was not working against me, but he was working for me, helping me, trying to draw me closer to himself as I yielded to him. And that forgiveness was a free-flowing thing as long as I came to him with a repentive heart and, and understood that what I just did was wrong and asked him for forgiveness, that I would always, always, always find a loving father waiting there for me who would accept me and not reject me or cast me away. Amen. Now, when you have that kind of understanding that the father loves you, that the heavenly father will never reject you, that the heavenly father, as a matter of fact, you know that verse, that verse says that we love him because he first loved us. Now think about this thought. When I first came to Christ, when I first came to the father, was there anything in my life or in your life that would make me appealing to God? I came with sin. I came with a mess. I came with all kinds of activity in my life that would be repulsive to the heart of God. Yet the Bible says that he first loved me. We love him because he first loved me. What in me would attract me to God? What about me would make me attractive to God? 
Nothing at all. What makes me attractive to God is that I am his creation who reaches out to him in faith, asking for his help, asking for his love, asking for his forgiveness. His love was first towards me even before I understood that God even thought about me. Think about that. And, you know, you have to kind of keep that in mind even as you walk through life. There is nothing, you see, some, like I said, we do sin, we do make mistakes. But even when you make a mistake, that should not cause you to run from the love of the... The Father loves you so much that when you do make a mistake, all he cares about is that you understand that it's a mistake, that it is a sin. And that's why he says, if you come to him and you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness or from that sense of unrighteousness. Because we feel... You know, when we make mistakes, when we sin, we feel, sometimes you feel far from God. But God's love is towards us. God's love will be constant. God's, see, God is not like, like people. Thank God. Thank God. God is not like people. They love you today. And the minute you do something that crosses them or doesn't appeal to them or they disagree with is the minute. I've had people say this to me my whole career. Pastor, I love you. Pastor, you can't tell you, you've changed my life. Oh man, just the word you bring, you're, you're like a father to me in the faith and, and I got your back and I, I love you and I'm watching out for you. And then the minute we come up against the disagreement, because I've got to say something, correct something, do something, and then all of a sudden, all of those wonderful, lovely things of love that they said to me somehow go out the door and I never see them again because they were fake. See, people change, people are fickle. People are up and down. They love you today, hate you tomorrow, accept you today, reject you tomorrow. And you see, unfortunately, if we're not careful, we're going to start to get this attitude about humanity and about people. And unfortunately, some people have transposed that onto, their, onto God, thinking that God is the same way. God will never reject you. That's why when people reject me, I go to God. Amen. When, when I make a mistake and I do something that maybe hurt someone and I didn't do it purposely... But they, they misunderstand. I go to God with it because I say, God, you understand my heart. Please help them to understand my heart because I know that you are the loving Father and you will never reject me. You will never cast me away. See, to know the love of God puts you in a place of great security, puts you in a place where you can, you can truly have faith because you know that that God is not counting all of your sins against you, according to the word. There was nothing in me in the beginning of this relationship that would want to make God lo love me because I was very unlovely. I don't know about where you come from, but I was very unlovely. There was nothing in me that, it, that would attract me to the heart of God. He did this as an act of his own will. He sent his love towards me as an act of his own will. He said, I'm going to love you and I'm going to try to draw you to myself. And as you come closer to me, you're going to see all of these things fall off of your life. And that's exactly what happens in this awesome love relationship. So, so, so this walk with God and growing in this relationship with God, you know, I have to do my part in that I've got to keep my focus on him. I've got to stay on my knees. I've got to know that I can't live this life without God's uh, hand upon my life or God's uh, you know, God being involved in this life. But along the way, 
I'm going to make some mistakes, but I need to know that even when I make mistakes, that there's a loving father whose love is constant, whose love is secure, whose love will forever stay the same. He'll never reject me. He'll never cast me away. I need to learn to go to God in my time of need, not run from him, because he will be there to embrace me and to love me. But you see, if you don't have that understanding, how are you going to walk in faith? How can a person put their faith in a God that they're not even sure loves them? Because if you're walking with guilt and shame and, and fear of God, then how, how would you ever uh, be able to express your faith towards this loving God? You see, I like the verse that says, He remains faithful even when we're not faithful. His love is part of that. He will be faithful. He will love us faithfully even when we're not faithful. His love will be constant and his love will be there. His love will never cast us away. You know, unfortunately, a lot of, and I've learned this over my years of ministering, um, you know, personally to people, is that often what happens is that sometimes people grow up in a home where they did not experience an earthly father's love. And unfortunately, um, they have a problem with men in general. And when they look to God, that's like, whoa, you know, that they, there's just no way that they could ever trust the heavenly father because their own earthly father who they could touch and hold and who could touch and hold them rejected them and therefore there are people that go through life that have come from families like that and situations like that who have a really hard time understanding the love of the father and thus I believe it really affects their faith walk as they're walking through this life understanding the love of the father and sometimes you know look I'm just going to give you my personal experience you know uh, sometimes I just have to go before God and say Lord I made a mess in this situation, you know, I didn't do this all correctly, maybe I hurt somebody, maybe I said something I shouldn't have said or did something I shouldn't do. Father, forgive me. Help me. I know that you love me. I know that your love is there for me. Forgive me, Father. Cleanse me of this unrighteousness or this feeling of unrighteousness. Sometimes I've just got to go before the Lord and just lay it, lay it plain right before him. But see, often what happens is that if we don't understand the love of the Father, we tend to run from God. That's why people run from church. That's why I believe that every pastor in America, you know, like when we're talking about, that's why I'm very, very careful when we're talking about these social issues and we're talking about like this same-sex stuff. We can never let anybody think that we don't love them. We may not love what they do or like what they do, but we don't reject people because God doesn't reject people. Now, so there's a delicate balance. I've got to let them know where I stand. I've got to let them know, but I'm going to do it with love because that's the way God, God is the Father. See, I have a problem because I, you know, I see like some, some ministries out there, they're like heavy-handed, they condemn people, they're beating people down, they're beating people with their Bible. I, I have a hard time with that. I really do. Because maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe I should say, you know, maybe one of the reasons why is because when I was first coming up, I got involved in a church like that. Oh man, it was so heavy. Everything was heavy, heavy, heavy. Just beat you with the Bible. It was, it was during the, the years, many years ago when the discipleship movement 
Some of you don't know what that is, but there was a discipleship movement that had taken hold and it was called the shepherding movement and it was like this heavy-handed thing and boy, it just turned me off to God. I said, if this is what God's about, I don't want any part of this. Until I got into a church where there was a pastor and the first thing that I saw in that man was the love of God. And when I sat down with him and I told him about my life and I told him my story and I told him my testimony and I was like, you know, sitting there just like waiting for for rejection to come my way, he embraced me and he said, ah, don't worry about it. We all have a history. We all have a past. You know what he he, he said to me and I love it. He says, I don't care where you've come from. What I care about is where you're going. And I thought, wow, that sounds like the heart of God to me. And I was attracted to that and I embraced that because he took the fear element out of the way. Now, you know, there are some awesome verses that, that we should look at here. First John chapter 4, verse 16 and 18, says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because we love God. We've accepted Jesus Christ. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Now, this is the verse I wanted to key in on. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And I have to be honest, when I was growing up in the Catholic Church as a young boy, I went to Catholic school. And, um, you know, they were, they were and anybody came out of the Catholic school you, you, or Catholic Church, especially if you went to Catholic school, and this is not a condemnation on the Catholics by any means, but just a, just a comment, just an observation my, and, and a personal testimony. They were so heavy with the fear of God that I was afraid to move because I thought God was going to knock me out. <laughs> Everything I did, I felt so condemned. I felt so like I was not good enough to approach God. Well, when I came into the Word, I realized that I could never be good enough to approach God. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to wash me with his blood. So now I can approach the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ that washes me clean and he accepts me because I've received his son. Amen. But, but going back to those days, I, I was in torment and fear because I thought every, every, you know, every mistake I made that I was headed for hell. Every, every time I, I did something wrong, I was on my way. And let me tell you what, the nuns made sure you felt that way. You know what I'm talking about. They walked around with a big stick, and they'd bang you right over the head, knock you. I mean, I remember I had one nun, her favorite method of torture was to face you against the wall and bang your head so your forehead, yeah, that's right. Today, they'd go to jail for that stuff. That's child abuse. Another nun used to like to wash boy's mouth out with soap. I remember one day she lined us up in, the, I'll never forget it. She lined us up in the hallway and she took two boys that said something. I don't, know what they, I don't even know what they said. I don't think it was that bad, but took them, took them in, the, in the, or they were disrespectful, took them in the bathroom, lined us all, all up in the, in the hallway, opened, made sure the door was open, filled up the sink with water and washed their mouths out with something, kept dunking their heads. And all you hear is, we're sorry, sister. They came out with bubbles all over their face. Yeah. That's how, see, but they instilled the fear of God in you, you see, because they represented God. That's why I want this church to represent the love of God. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors